0: On the Grindhouse Girls podcast, we discuss all things spoopy, scary, and strange. Some content may be disturbing or graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to Sidetracks the unscripted and unruly series where we share with you what we've been watching and whether it's worth your time. This is the Grindhouse
1: Girls podcast.
0: back 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 again everybody to quote rupaul quoting someone else quoting another person what's up i'm katie <laughs>
1: hi and i'm Brittany. happy pride yeah, Sorry, happy
0: I, pride month i always get that that joke that sarcastic video where it's like happy proud y'all and it's like so have you seen that where the lady's like She made up, like, a fake commercial about, like, what every corporation says when they're rainbow washing for pride. And then, but it's just very funny. But so every time it's Pride Month, I'm like, happy pride. But I'm like, no one else gets the reference. And it's, like, eight layers of irony. So anyways, but sincerely, happy pride. I hope all is well. I haven't gotten the lowdown on what exactly passed in the Alabama house and what didn't. I I think that, yeah, so I keep looking it up and I can't find it, so uh, hopefully things are better, but um, yeah, Pride is still planned to go on the last time I heard, at least in our neck of the woods, so happy Pride! Go support some local queer talent and artists and actors and drag queens i know birmingham has a big slew and a parade and all kinds of fun stuff planned so that's exciting i went to a couple drag shows in the last or one big drag show in the last couple weeks and it was very fun oh and if you want to listen to a podcast by two drag queens listen to flapping and fawning my friends uh, Flapjack and Fawn have a really cute podcast about... And they have a lot of really fun drag queens from all over that guest. So if you want to know about drag life, I would listen to them. And eventually, at some point, we're going to either go on their podcast or come. they're going to come on here or vice versa. So yeah. hopefully y'all. But I want to make sure I shout that out before we got too far in, before we got into the movies. Because my mix was very... Like I actually watched like a movie that I've been meaning to watch for many years, Mm. and then I watched a bunch of like random stuff too. Also, cons just happened. The con film festival just happened, and there were some things that now I want to like check out now that they've premiered that I've heard some good things about. So, what have you been up to, Britt? Oh god. Other than puppies.
1: Pretty much yeah puppies like nothing too crazy over here. Um, My fosters are getting healthier. They're very happy. They're very energetic. So um, I was telling Katie before we started recording. They're due to be spayed next week at some point. Oh. Uh, yeah, which makes me really nervous. But the lady, I know it's something that has to be done, spading neutering your pets is very important. But they're still babies to me. But she, she reassured me they're 16 pounds. So they are they are of a healthy weight to
0: be spayed. Um, yeah. So, yeah. They weigh more than Gizmo does as an adult.
1: That's crazy. And see, I don't know, because it's like when you pick them up, they don't feel that big. But then you think about something's letting you pick it up. So it's not like they're dead weighting either. Um, yeah so yeah that kind of like freaks me out to think that they weigh more than gizmo because they don't feel like it to they me. they do yeah yeah but i mean but he was
0: fine yeah. yeah he was fine he had it when he was he has still had some puppy weight on him when he had it because he was six months so he was probably more like 12 pounds oh when he had it now he's at a pretty safe like 11 pounds which is where many dachshunds are supposed to top out yeah i guess they can be 12 and be healthy but yeah. they not much more than that
1: they actually you got when you think about like uh Toy breeds that are like even smaller than 10 pounds, and that's what she oh said. She was like, We don't, she's like, I personally don't like spading dogs under 10 pounds. She's like, But they do do juvenile spades. And Mabel, um, Mabel was adopted from Greater Birmingham Humane Society, and this is sad to think about. But back in the day, you used to adopt the an animal from Humane Society, if they were a puppy, they would give you a free spade or neuter certificate and they'd be like hey get your puppy spayed in six months but people weren't Mm -hmm. doing that so now they have to spay puppies so mabel was probably spayed at the eight week mark and she was probably like six pounds when she was spayed but when we adopted her she was spayed and it was like she was still recovering from her spade so she was a little lethargic the first two or three days she was at
0: home you're like oh this is gonna be a nice quiet dog and then i was like nope Oh, yeah. Nope, just
1: kidding. I will say uh, it's bittersweet because Mabel was my little sleepy baby. So Mabel was the puppy that she would lay on you and fall asleep. And then Riley was not like that
0: at all. (laughs) 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 Now Riley likes to sleep on you. Unless you have food, then he will eat the food out of your hands. So
1: we're trying to uh, fatten the girls up a little bit. And every time we have dog treats for them, Riley just like plows into me. He's like, mine, mine. And I'm like, no, stop. (laughs) Oh, my God. No. (laughs) Oh my God! Yeah, because he's like a dolphin. He just like leaps up in the air because he sees like the dog biscuit in your hand, and you're just like, "Stop! Get down, asshole!" Oh my God,
0: that's so funny.
1: Yeah, but he's yeah. so funny. What about you? But yeah, that's that's basically my life with dogs and cats. So
0: <laughs> I actually got to watch a lot of movies the last couple of weeks. I did. I, I worked. Uh, we had a drag show at the theater. I had a lot of. I always said this during the ring episode, but like we've had a lot of people because. Uh, drag is now the hot button issue and uh we had some not so nice people like try to spam all of our accounts at the theater that i volunteer at with some very hateful speech and uh, that was fun to deal with um and some people were just like bible thumping and that doesn't really bother me because like okay you can disagree and that's fine but other people were being angrier, which is a little scary, but, like, I think it was mostly just people who were just getting their panties in a wad. But the weird thing was, a lot of them were, like, younger, and I was very confused with, like, how you can be so hateful towards something that, like I said, Mrs. Doubtfire was a really core part of, I feel like, everyone our age's childhood, and I'm like, did Mrs. Doubtfire scar you for life? What happened? What happened to you? Who, Who hurt you that you have to be so hateful? But... Mostly, it's been very positive, and we had, like, a lot of people come, and we had, like, a lot of people of, like, varying ages and and backgrounds watching it and liking it and, like, coming to the family-friendly ones, which are very innocent. It's like people doing cartwheels and dancing with children. It's very chill. Yeah. Like, I, if you're offended by that, then you probably should just have your kids sit in a circle and color pictures for their birthday party activities because obviously any kind of characters are just too much for your child. I was talking to my mom about this and she was like, she's like, I mean I don't think, do the kids even realize it's maybe not a biological woman in the dress? I'm like, no. They don't, no kid cares. Yeah, Kids don't think about genitals. Kids don't think about that. I am mad because I went to Target and I kind of went to check out the Pride stuff and of course they've already moved it out of sight. Like off into the side, so like they can deal with less people being crazy. They still have it at ours, which I was weird because I was like, of all places, Alabama is going to be the place where they're going to remove it completely. But no. There's some, but it's near the underwear section and it's, in the one I went to. It's so interesting because, you know, I worked at
1: Target and this has been almost a decade ago. But when we worked at Target, you could buy team member merch. So you could go to like the merch store at Target and any Target shirt. So like Taylor had a shirt and it was um bullseye. So Target hearts, a heart, and then it was a maple leaf, Target lo- heart, Target Loves Canada. Oh, yeah, 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 And so, like, Taylor had that shirt, but we had a lot of team members, a lot of friends that we worked with that did have prize shirts that they wore to work. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we're regressing. Isn't it crazy yes. that we're regressing? Like, 10 years we ago. We are regressing.
0: Like... I don't know. It's well, just- I don't think Target. Okay, Target's a corporation, so Target wants mm-hmm. to make money. They want to make money. They and that's the thing is like, well, so it's the beginning of Pride Month, so this is also a disclaimer for people listening here. We are going to feature uh, queer horror this month because it is Pride Month, but we'll feature it throughout the year too because we're not going to rainbow wash and then stop. You know, watching queer cinema. That's not our intent. But I feel weird if we don't elevate queer, queer directors, queer creators during pride month, because I feel like it's a good opportunity. And I feel like some people might tune in that maybe wouldn't regularly. And so I want people to like, be like, Oh, I haven't watched this movie because maybe it'll change somebody's mind to be more open minded. I don't know, but, like, that's my... that's I feel like it's opened my mind up a lot to just watch things by other people from different walks of life. And I feel like that's why movies are so cool. Anyways, but but Target wants to make money. um, That's why they have a Pride collection. Like, and th- this is the... the <laughs> this is the pessimist side of me saying they want to make money, which is a big reason why they market it. However... They're also not – the to a lot of corporations, money is money, and so they're going to appeal to everybody. So while the cynic in me is like, well, you know, targets more into the making money side than actually representing – I feel like it's in Target's best interest to represent everybody, which is why they did fight for the bathroom stuff. And which is why they've continued to have the pride stuff. And the only reason they've moved it to the back of the store is because so many people are making TikTok videos and like harassing their employees. I love the woman, by the way, who they're like, are you supporting the gays and the Satanists? And she's like, yeah, absolutely. Both of them. And it was really funny. (laughs) It was really funny. It's just, troll on tiktok but it's it's so sad that we're regressing because like i remember like being very shocked that gay marriage was made legal but being like well of course it should have been legal because like why why wouldn't we have gay marriage be legal like how is that affecting anyone else's life if somebody if a man can marry a man and a woman can marry a woman what it's just like the thing with people transitioning it's not affecting my life and if the doctor, if the parents and, and the children, I don't know, I, I'm not a parent, but like, if, if the adult person and their doctor agrees, you know, there's so many checks and balances when you physically transition. Like, I I have a couple friends who have worked in like the healthcare, like social work and psychology industry. And they've been like, there are like 20 steps you have to go through before you can actually have surgery. These people saying doctors are doing it within 24 hours. That's not true. Yeah. But what maddens me is like, at least in Alabama, the people that are so vocal about like, don't touch my guns, don't tell me what to do, are the people who are saying women can't have bodily autonomy, gay people shouldn't be able to get married and transgender people shouldn't be able to transition and be happy. And it's so regressive. Yeah. And it's so hypocritical. And I will say one of the people that was saying hateful things on the internet had Ava Braun as their profile picture. So uh, do with that, which who is, if you don't know, was Hitler's girlfriend. And he did marry her right before they shot themselves in a bunker. Yeah. So, which I'm not trying to trivialize suicide, but when it's Hitler, fuck him frankly. Or, I don't know, I think he may have killed her. I don't know. There's been a lot of speculation that he killed her because he's a fucking coward. Uh, But anyways, uh, we've already said fuck Hitler on this program, so you all know how we feel about Nazis. Yes. So, obviously it was a troll, but I'm just saying if you hate drag and you think it's offensive, the people that agree with that offensive and wrong point, some of them apparently think Nazis are cool. So, I'm just saying... Maybe think about what side you're batting for. Yeah. And also, Jesus wore a dress. I said that last time. I'll say it again. Jesus wore a dress. Nobody fucking cares. And Brittany made a good point. We were talking about something earlier. Brittany, what did Jesus say about gay people? Absolutely nothing. (laughs) Nothing.
1: Nothing. It wasn't even a thought. Yeah. Who cares? Because (laughs) Jesus loved everybody. So what do you you have to say about them? He loved them? Like, you
0: know, like, I don't know. Like. treat others the way you want to be treated yeah treat your neighbor as you would yourself like it's just be a good person and being hateful towards someone is not treating someone the way you want to be treated unless you are into some really kinky hurtful shit but you know that's up to you and whatever partners you uh might ask about that you know i'm not gonna judge but maybe explore that in the bedroom instead of bringing all your hatred out into the world Because I'm sick of it. But yeah, it's and then there was like another shooting the other day. I think people only got shot and no one has died the last I heard. But still, people are just fighting and they started shooting. And I was like, this is, I just, I I never thought I'd be the person saying take the guns away. Because I do like shooting guns. But I'm like, maybe we just need to fix some stuff. Because why do so many people have guns that probably like aren't mature enough to have them? Yeah. Obviously, if you just get into an argument and start shooting someone, you're immature. You don't understand the ramifications of that action.
1: Well, as so, we know it's, I don't know. it's easier to get a gun than it is an abortion. Yeah. I mean, we're, we can't even get them here. Yeah. And no matter the circumstances, too. Like,
0: Yeah, they're trying to make it punishable like a murder offense in yeah. Alabama. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you?
1: Because- Anyways. Because no, Whew, absolutely sorry. nothing
0: can go wrong
1: during a pregnancy.
0: Nothing. Nothing. Never. I was trying very hard not to get into a fight, but I was simply- I accidentally mentioned that ma- the maternal death rate has started to go up again. Yeah. And someone was like, why is that? And then I realized it was going to turn into a really awkward conversation, so I kind of was like- because one of those, like, not the battle to fight, but the reason is- and that's why we have a podcast, so we can say these things- the reason is- is simply that, well, one of the reasons is that, one, they don't believe a lot of women of color when they say there's something wrong, which I think I mentioned when I was watching Dead Ringers, the first episode, like they illustrated that.
1: That's why also the home birth boom that we're now seeing happen is actually people of color are really involved in that because hospitals do not take them
0: seriously. They don't. And then also women aren't allowed to end pregnancies that are non-viable, in a lot of states. And so they are having to have babies and almost die babies that will never be a person because they don't have a brain or they don't have lungs. Like, it, And then the life that they do live is so painful and it's, it's cruel. And I just, and if someone wants to choose that for themselves, because I have had friends who found out they had a non-viable pregnancy, but they wanted to carry it to term and have that time with that baby that is fine but they should have that choice yeah and in most religions including christianity up until a certain point it's actually a sin to uh sacrifice the mother's life for the babies in most traditional religions and in the last like hundred years all of a sudden we're like "Ah, mothers don't really care yeah. But yet we have we don't have babies that we have babies that don't have homes. I'm like maybe we need to think about this. Maybe we need to think about how we think about things. Also, sex education is piss poor in this state. Yeah, and this country. Well,
1: I also, I keep coming back to the fact that outlawing abortion all it does is outlaw safe abortions. People will still get abortions yes. because they'll be desperate and they'll still get them. They'll just get them in back alleys and then that's more women dying. Because I saw yep. someone say we're saving babies and it's like but you're not like the you're the, killing women the idea is nice to think that but that's just not the
0: truth of the matter no, at all no that is propaganda and this is me growing up very Catholic that is propaganda they sell you and they I remember like they sold me this little pin of little fetal feet and it was like this is how big those feet are and it was really cute and it really got to my heart and I was like yes it's murder and then you know I met some people and I learned some more science and I was like well that's not really murder especially not the first trimester I don't understand how anyone can have a problem in the first trimester because it's not its not even a heartbeat it's just an electrical pulse yeah there's no heart there there's no brain there there's nothing i mean it has the potential to become a life but like you know and in a lot of ancient like not, well not ancient but like older you know in the 1800s like you weren't even considered pregnant until the quickening which is when like you feel the kicking and stuff which i feel like you know like why do we change it to be like oh it's that conception i'm like is it And I guess it's it's different for everybody, but, like, I feel like if I lost a pregnancy really early on, I feel like it would be easier to deal with if I didn't think that that was, like, a fully formed life. Yeah. I don't know. I've never lost a pregnancy, so don't – I don't know. But I feel like, for me, I would rather think that way because it makes me feel better if I lost one. As opposed to, like, thinking, because people have miscarriages all the time. Yeah, and it's very, very, it's it's very, very very
1: heartbreaking how common it is. A lot of times with either first pregnancies or in the first trimester, which it doesn't make it easier, because I imagine, especially if it's a child that you were trying to conceive, you're already picking out names, and you're already getting ideas for the nursery. Oh, yeah. And so, like, I, I couldn't imagine the heartbreak, but at the same time, once again, you know, with pregnancies, there are a lot of pregnancies. That's not just, whoops, I'm accidentally pregnant. It's like there was violence involved in the conception of mm-hmm. the child. Our mother's really sick. Our baby's really, really sick. And there are circumstances. And I was talking with my younger nephew because we, we talk mm-hmm. about these things. And he's about to be 13. But, you know, I tried to remember... That he is becoming a young man and he's forming his own ideas. And so we just deep talk things. And one of the things he said, he was like, well, I think, you know, he knows what rape is. And he was like, I don't think a woman should have to have a baby if she's been raped. And I was like, honey, that's that leans towards pro-choice. And he's like, yeah, but, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, but you're willing to realize that sometimes there's circumstances and, yes, And so, and I mean, and that's, that's a, that's a 12 year old kid who's, who's rationally thinking through things. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and even my 16 year old nephew, who I think is very, <laughs> he's very feminist in a lot of ways. He's just like, he's like, I just don't think we should have to make people decide. And he's like, you know, and there's kids out there. They're trying to force to have, preg- like, have pregnancies. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. You know, like you are right. They are trying to force Children younger than you to carry to term, and I don't know. It's a very very. Because it's scary... not the
0: baby's fault, and I'm like, so you're gonna hurt one baby because of the other baby? Like I know it's not a. It's. I mean, listen. I don't think anyone has an abortion willy nilly. I mean, yeah. I don't know anyone who's had. I've have, I have several friends who've had abortions, and none of them have been like I just didn't want a kid. It's been like my body couldn't handle it. Yeah. Uh, it was non-viable. It was dangerous. And then a couple times, like, I was in a bad, an abusive relationship, and that would have tethered me to that person. And that child would have been exposed to abuse, too. And that was not something that was an option. Like, I, none of those reasons make me think oh my god what a selfish person yeah makes me think that wow that was a really hard decision but it sounds like you made the right call and i mean we make difficult decisions every day and i'm not saying like i'm like everybody go have abortions lots of fun but i feel like that should be a choice between you and your doctor just like i feel like transitioning should be a choice between you and your doctor you should just be able to make those private health decisions without someone judging you because it's your body you're dealing with and not anyone else's but anyways I guess that's why oh yeah it's been depressing anyways we'll change the subject sorry but yes happy pride I did watch because it was pride and also just because it came up and it's been a movie that I've been meaning to watch for years I ended up watching Two Wong Fu thanks for everything oh, Julie yeah. Newmar. yeah it's so fun it's so cute I
1: heard like all three of the actors are incredible but Patrick Swayze really steals the show he's
0: great he's really great and I will say like it is a little weird like three straight men playing three drag queens but it was also 1985 so I that's that's as good as they were gonna get in this in that day and age however they all were trained by real drag queens. And they did a really good job. Like, they really did uh, embody it. Because it's Patrick Swayze, Wesley Snipes, and John Leguizamo. John Leguizamo makes a beautiful drag queen. I'm just going to say. He's probably the most... I know fish is kind of an icky term. But, like, he's the most, like, convincing of all of them. But, like, I mean, Patrick Swayze is great. And, like, he really, like, envelops, like, that that drag mother persona of just like wants to take care of everybody. Um, But I will say um, they did have RuPaul is in the opener as his Lady Bunny and uh, a bunch of other like New York drag queens. Um, And then they also have um, appearances by Robin Williams and Chris Penn and um, Blythe Danner and Stalker Channing as well. So it's a pretty – and uh, Jason London – who was on, like, 7th Heaven, I think, eventually. Like, uh, he played one of the people. Because basically, like, they're driving to Hollywood. Uh, Wesley Snipes and Patrick Swayze's characters tie for, like, New York City Queen of the Year. And so they get tickets to go to Hollywood, but then they they meet John Langwazama's character, who's like a baby queen, and they decide to take her under their wing. And they decide to drive across country in a convertible. And then their car breaks down, they end up in this tiny town. And they like kind of bring the town back to life. And the whole point was like the writer who is I wrote this down, Douglas Carter Bean had heard someone being very anti drag queen and saying like, next thing you know, the drag queens are gonna take over your town. And he was like, huh, that would be a fun movie. And that's why he wrote the movie. And then it was actually directed by a uh, female director, Beben Kidron. Um, so it was, it's cute. It's, I, it's more like, a, but I'm a cheerleader kind of like movie where it's like very campy and fun, but there's a lot of heart to it. And it's very like, like, and again, it was 1995 and people were like perfectly happy with the drag queens. And it was lovely. Um, also, Chris Penn is like this homophobic, Sheriff where he tries to hit on Patrick Swayze's character and Patrick Swayze's and he and Patrick Swayze's character says, Get your hands off my dick and then accidentally knocks him out. And so then he's like out for blood. And so he's sitting in this in this uh podunk little um bar and he's just like He's just like, like such. He's one of those like people that are, have so much internalized homophobia because he's probably had some feelings that he doesn't want to admit to. And he's just like, men touching men their their faces touching each other and i was just like wow this is like every person who listens to like newsmax right now and watches info wars just like i don't understand it yeah i was like maybe just stop being a hateful bigot but it's great it's really funny um that scene alone made me laugh just because i was like wow people still act like this and that's sad it is sad. but the movie's cute the movie's cute. It has a nice little... It has a happy little ending. It's a happy little movie, but it deals with some cool stuff. It is kind of like... It's maybe like a little too frou-frou. Like, it could have gone a little deeper in places. But I like it. And if you haven't seen that, I think that's something you definitely should see. If you... if, if Take the opportunity for Pride Month. I feel like it was on Amazon Prime, I want to say. But I didn't write it down. But it's it's been pretty available on streaming services for a while. So... It's it's definitely worth it, and it, yeah. I feel like I've had most most drag queens seem to like it a lot. So, and RuPaul's in it, which is weird. RuPaul isn't RuPaul in it. RuPaul is like the presiding queen of New York, and her name is Rachel Tensions. So it's like racial tensions, and she's wearing a Confederate flag dress. But she's black, obviously, if you don't know what RuPaul looks like. So, which is kind of, it's very funny, but like very dark now. But I was like, I, I think at the in 1995, it was a little more like, ha, 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 ha. Now I was like, oh, God. And I was like, well, huh. but yeah, I would suggest that. I watched this movie Soft and Quiet. Have you heard of this? I don't think so. So it's an indie movie that came out a year or two ago. And it's on Netflix right now. So I, I'm i going to say spoilers. I'm going to try not to go too far. But all I knew about the movie was that a woman goes to a meeting. And then she meets someone from her past and things spiral out of control. I was like, sounded kind of boring to me. But everyone kept saying, you should watch it, you should watch it. So I finally just sat down and watched it. The meeting that is happening, and you find out, there's kind of some clues in the first, like, five minutes of, like, the opening scene. But, like, there's one part where it's really obvious what the subject of their meeting is. And when it was revealed, like, my stomach dropped because it was horrifying to me. um, As someone who's not a hateful bigot. Um, and I was just like oh fuck and so like that there's like clues but like I was just like oh oh, okay so then it's done like in a one shot so it's really well acted and it's really well shot because like it, it does keep your attention however because they're doing a one shot like the first like Two thirds of the movie is like moves very quickly and is very packed with action and like is very dynamic. And then there's like a part, the very end is they're kind of doing something. I don't want to spoil anything, but they're doing something to kind of tie up some loose ends and it's kind of mundane. And because they've already, it's kind of like, you know how like at the beginning and the end of climax. They had, like, it was, like, before and after, and they didn't do the one-shot take. They just did the middle part as a one-shot. I kind of wish they had done that with this movie. But I think they didn't want to cut it because that had been, like, the whole thing. Like, that was kind of the theme of the filming process. But it's kind of boring. And then, like, it just kind of ends, and you're like, oh, okay. But it's really, really well done. I have not felt that uncomfortable in a very long time. But I will say... There's a lot of very hateful rhetoric in it. I mean, I don't want to spoil it for you. Do you think you want to watch it? I would be eventually, but I don't know if I would soon. Okay. I'll say people commit a hate crime Mm. and you're watching them commit it. Oh. So they did film it in a way where like you don't actually see some of the violating things they do to people. But it's, it's. Filmed in a way where you can see it about to happen, and like you can see like half of it, but not like the actual. But it's like it doesn't leave much to the imagination. Mm. So it's pretty. It's pretty. I feel like it would trigger some people for rape and like racial slurs. So it's a lot. It's it made me very uncomfortable. I don't think I would watch it again unless we did on the podcast because there would be a
1: lot to talk about. Netflix. It's a Netflix movie. Okay.
0: Yeah. I don't know. It was like an independent movie, but Netflix picked it up. Is it up. like
1: trending right now on Netflix
0: or It's been trending on the like the disturbing movies okay. kind of thing because people are like, oh, it is very disturbing because like people are terrifying. But I mean, the people that are committing the hate crime are a bunch of white women. So of co- like, I feel the worst because I'm like, I'm really glad I'm not that white woman, but like they look like me and they're so fucking hateful. Like, they look like, I mean, when you, like, they look like white women and it, it always disturbs me. I don't know. I'm sure everyone feels that way. If you see someone who looks like you or, like, is, like, from, like, had the same life experiences as you, yet they're a hateful, awful person, it just makes you feel uncomfortable because you're like, that could be me. You know, like, it just, it was really fucking terrifying. But, and also, like, I've had people in my life who I didn't realize were uh kind of into some alt right things and then when i discovered it it was very not okay with me and uh have since like gotten those people out of my life but it's really like not okay uh how people seem very normal on the surface and then they actually are like evil people or just hateful. So anyways, if it, it is really well made but the ending is kind of just is a little too boring at the very end, it kind of loses kind of some of its steam, but it is a really interesting look at racial tensions in the United States. And I will say it's not as typical as I would think. Like they really do go there and it really the acting's really good. Like you really do believe that these people are just awful people and i don't know it's it's interesting for sure <laughs> so that was fun to watch no i'm just kidding but it was it's a good movie i would like to see what that director does in the future
1: yeah that's always interesting too like if it's like a first film or like it's early in their career yeah. to kind of see what they come up with later
0: so i think it's her first film i forgot to write the director's name down um because i was just like i watched it like before we recorded last episode. Okay. So it was a while ago and I had just written down that I watched and I was like, oh yeah, that's one to talk about. Did you watch anything... Yeah. Other than, I haven't finished yellow jackets. So yeah, I
1: will talk a little bit about yellow jackets, but not like super spoily. So it was kind of like getting me in my fills because Melanie Linsky, who obviously plays adult Shauna in the show, like she's one of those actresses, you've seen her for years, and then it's like i am just now like holy fuck, now that I know who she is, I'm like, oh my god, I know her from this movie and this movie and this movie mm-hmm. and this movie. But it took it took her having this major role. So naturally I followed her on Instagram and I was getting in my fills because uh, my mom mom used to be the type of person that my mom would like just so wholeheartedly compliment a person on anything they do Mm. like my mom would be like the type of person that would be like katie you are the sweetest soul you have the most bubbly energy and she would like talk about people like that and like mom she
0: would and i'm
1: like mom you're embarrassing me but then like melanie linsky's instagram is like that with all of her co-stars like every post she makes is just like she'll be like talking about the actor and she'll be like, just what you did in this last episode was so incredible and you have so much heart. I can't wait to see And It's just like reading for her post just like reminds me so much of my mom and it kind of like chokes me up. But it's like really, Aww. it's really cool to like see someone like that, like with that positivity. But um, yeah, me incidentally, incidentally, me and our editor, Ryan, we kind of talked a little bit back and forth. This was like, this finale was a bit of a doozy. There was a lot going mm. on. But it's just like me and Taylor. Even afterwards, we're like, "Holy fuck!" There's a whole other year. We have to wait now.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, Scott started watching the first one, and now he's into it. So I'm starting at the very beginning, mm-hmm. watching it. So because I got almost through up season one, mm-hmm. and because I was trying to get to that before season two started. Because I started it when it first came out, and then I stopped watching. Because I got busy. And there's stuff I forgot because I watched the first like four episodes and then I waited and watched like the next three episodes in season one. And so I was like, oh, I forgot this happened early in season one. So it's better to binge it. To not mess up because it is a mystery.
1: I love it. Uh, we also my friend Erica and Katie's met Erica. Ryan hasn't got to meet Erica, but I'm sure he will eventually. Uh, Erica's fun. We like Erica. I love Erica. Has been like a great friend since we were in high school, and uh, so we uh, we were like Erica, you and Steve, that's her husband. We're like you got watch Yellow Jackets, and now we'll text each other like memes and shit uh, from Yellow Jackets, and we'll be like buzz buzz buzz. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, while spoiling. Think too much we love jeff shauna's husband i love jeff like he's like one of the best characters in the show but i can't go into too much oh, I, detail. Like jeff. I love jeff
0: <laughs> i like jeff i got to the episode where they go to the the awkward birthday party yes for jackie and he's just like he just sticks up for shauna and i was just like damn yeah jeff.
1: Damn, wow damn, damn daddy yeah like
0: wow <laughs> And I like Melanie Linsky because she's she's been in so much stuff and I've been watching her since uh, ever after. Yeah. And like and she does she did a lot of television and I always felt like she needed more, you know, prominent roles because she is a really good actor. She was in. Which we probably should do this on the podcast. Beautiful creatures, oh yeah, heavenly creatures, creatures, yeah, heavenly creatures, yeah, and that's what Kate Kate Winslet Winslet. like. They both did it, and like they're both like powerhouses in that movie, supposedly. And they were like teenagers.
1: They were like 16 and eighteen, I think, when they did that movie. But
0: I'm yeah, and it's it's based on a true crime Mm -hmm. story too. But I feel like it's weird because like. Kate Winslet's career; she did Titanic right after that, and so then like, or not right after, but soon after that, like a couple years. And then Melanie Linsky like kind of like kept doing supporting roles for years. So I'm glad that she has like a lead that people are watching because and- she is such a really good actress, and it's always bothered me that she hasn't gotten as much and i mean i love kate winslet kate winslet deserves all her accolades one of
1: my favorite actresses ever so but i
0: i think they're both the same caliber actress but i'm glad that melanie linsky's finally getting and christina ricci too is finally getting some because like she was she did do that lizzie Borden movie but it was fucking hilarious because they started using like modern music with it well how about even but, juliette
1: lewis who was like a huge actress yes. in the 90s and you know this has been kind of like a i know she's been acting but this has kind of been like the first thing i've really seen her in um but yeah just with melanie too what i love about her and she spoke about this a lot she was like she's like beautiful but she's normal looking and i do not mean that as an insult what i mean by that is like no, she it's, looks like
0: a person it's
1: nice to see someone that you're just like she's a Beautiful woman, but you could imagine like being around her in your everyday life. Like this is someone think, that could be your coworker or your friend. Yeah, I think
0: Juliet Lewis has that quality too. Yeah. Also, J- Scott pointed this out. Juliet Lewis has a really great bitch face. Yeah, resting bitch. Face. And she just she, her resting bitch face is fantastic. Yeah. Like I'm sure she's a lovely person in real life, but she's so good at playing the angry bitch, which is weird because like she's in Cape Fear when she was like a teenager, she mm-hmm. was like the cute little innocent girl that Sean Penn was trying to groom and it's like oh and now she's just like the cold hard bitch and And, which is great I love it to
1: me I always think of her in from Dust till dawn because that's like one of my my brother oh yeah she was
0: a teenager too Mm -hmm. in that one
1: yeah she was the pastor's daughter so but yeah that's what I think is really really great about this show and even though I me and Taylor talk about this a lot we don't really think the young actresses favor the older actresses we do think the the embodiment is there. Like, the personalities are there. And so it feels, belie- yeah. it feels believable, even though the facial isn't really spot on with any older, younger to us. It's, like, it's very believable that they are the older, but younger I, versions. But I would
0: rather someone be, like, forced to kind of look like them by, like, dyeing their hair or some, or some makeup tricks mm-hmm. and be a good actor. Yeah. Then than like just be like oh we picked this person who can't act their way out of a paper bag but they look exactly like them oh no and i agree it's nice if you can get both yeah but it i would rather them embody the character than look just like them and i
1: think they did do some some makeup tricks like i think a lot of the younger actresses do wear contacts to favor so i know the young shauna is a is blue-eyed and she wears brown contacts and so i think the actor that plays older Tysa, she may have like green eyes because Taylor comment he's like, is her eyes red? Is that like a character choice? But I think what it is is that she wears brown contacts over like hazel eyes, and they make her eyes look mm. very red in some scene, like like unnaturally supernatural red. But um, but yes, I'm very excited uh, for you to slowly catch up, Katie, because there is a lot to yes. talk about. So. <laughs> And then we can find out, because yeah. Ryan's been waiting. We can find out if you're Team Supernatural or Team Trauma. So,
0: <laughs> oh, what is that? Oh, oh. don't tell me.
1: Oh, basically, it's just in the events in the Younger Act. So the events in the woods, is it anything supernatural related or is it trauma related? So there's like a, a great kind of argument going on there. And I think there's definitely... That's fun. I think there's definitely a, a good heaping of both, in my personal opinion.
0: We like a sub Supernatural. Oh, speaking of Supernatural. Mm-hmm. So I watched this uh, Korean horror movie that everyone said, watch, 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 which we almost did on the podcast. I almost picked it one week. Gonjiam Haunted Asylum. Oh. It, okay, if you like found footage, it's fun. But some of the scares made me giggle. Mm. Kind of like the first time I watched The Grudge, how I was talking about how I laughed at it, you know? like It was a little bit like people making funny noises and their eyes just looking weird, and I was like, oh, come on. But I will say, the lead-up to the scary bit was fun and interesting because it's like... This, like, YouTube channel that goes to all these haunted places goes to this asylum. The asylum is a real place in Korea, apparently. But the story is fictional. And basically, like, they go and, like, at first they're faking them. Like, some half of the crew is faking them. So the rest of the crew will actually react to these haunted things. But then actual things start happening. And it is spooky. And But then it gets kind of silly. But the lead up is, like, them, like doing all this stuff and like it's like watching a youtube channel so it's it's interesting i will say like if you like found footage it's definitely better than watching one of the paranormal activity sequels but i will say there's this one girl who's supposed to be american but she's living in korea but like her american accent is it's obvious that she's not actually american but she's just like like i can't her name's like Olivia or, Ch- or Charlotte it's Charlotte ah. because like everyone else is like I'm I'm Jen I'm uh oh. sue Kim and then she's just I'm sue yin that's a, that's a Korean name sorry I'm sorry I'm butchering it but very Korean names and also she's like Hi! She says something, she's like, hi, I'm, in Korean, and then she just goes, Charlotte, in, like, the most, like, twangy American accent, like, the, like, most, like, I'm pretending, it's very funny. It's not as funny as something, like, Parasite is, where, like, it's definitely very funny, and then also very, like, serious and a little scary- it was more of, like, it's kind of funny up in the beginning, and then it gets, like, supposed to be spooky the rest of the time. So definitely not a whaling masterpiece. Okay. But but it's fun, and it's not super long. So if you like found footage, I would recommend watching it. Um, Yeah. And then we also ended up watching Terrified, which is an Argentinian horror movie that oh, yeah. everyone is – It's great. it's really good the ending is a bit of a cop-out but not it's only like the last five minutes that's kind of like uh like i didn't like what their explanation and ending was but maybe that's my own personal preference however it was genuinely creepy atmospheric i jumped several times and like it's streaming on shutter right now so if you want to watch it uh, watch. It's been streaming on a lot of things. Have yeah. you seen it yet?
1: No, no, no. We uh, Remember we were watching, because uh, you watched it, and we watched it too, the The new 100 Scary Movie Moments to Countdown. Yes, yes. I was, like, I was yes. like, I'm getting nauseated just from the clips they were showing of it, but it's on our list. But I was like, I was getting a little terrified <laughs> watching the clips. So. It is
0: terrifying. I mean, yeah. it's not in the whole movie. Like, the scene was scarier, isolated than the movie mm-hmm. itself. However, It is pretty it's like it's basically like this neighborhood starts having these paranormal ish like uh, happenings going on that they can't explain. And then people are like dying in very weird ways that also seem like like this one woman, like the way she dies is like she slams her head against the wall back and forth until she dies. But like she's floating and her husband sees it and her husband's like they're trying to figure out is he crazy or is it something did something kill her you know and but then it turns out there's a lot of different creepy things going on his neighbors having a different kind of haunting and then his neighbor across the street has a different kind of haunting and so these investigators go to try to figure out what's going on and then it gets even weirder then but it the explanation i didn't like but it's because it's not something that really, something like I don't really enjoy. Like, it gets less paranormal. And I was just like, ugh, ugh. But not, I don't know. It was, the, the ending was kind of, eh, But like, the movie's great. So I would say it definitely should be something we do in a future episode. Because it was really well done. And it it was genuinely creepy and scary. And I really, really liked it.
1: Uh, So, we watched Renfield, which is Nicholas Holt and uh, (gasps) Nick Casey. Where is it streaming? So, uh, Brandon rented it. So, yeah. So, Brandon rented it for us. Uh, And we watched it with my brother. It is. So, I think me and Ryan got to very, very briefly chat about this when we went and recorded at his house last week. It was What I did like, it was very violent. Like, I did not expect the level of violence that was happening during the movie. There was a lot of, like, really gory practical effects happening. Mm -hmm. It was really cool. Pretty funny, especially the first half of the movie. I don't think the story was the strongest by the second half of the film, Mm. but it was a fun film. I mean, Nick Cage is having the time of his life. Nicole, I love what he's doing. Like, obviously, you love About the Boy. That's one of your favorite movies. But just seeing him, like, Mm -hmm. still, like, he's in The Great, and then he was in The uh, Menu. He's great in The Great. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's
0: like... And The Menu. And The
1: Menu. Yeah. He does does it pretty good. He was in something else recently, too. I feel like we've watched.
0: I love it. But Renfield was one I really wanted to go see in theaters. Mm. And then it was the same weekend Evil Dead Rise came up. And then I also busted my ankle Mm. and I could barely get to Evil Dead Rise. It was so painful. Mm. So I was like, oh, I'll go see it in the next couple of weeks. And then it was out of theaters because apparently nobody liked it. And I was like very upset. So, But I didn't know it was streaming. So maybe I'll rent it this weekend. Yeah.
1: It's cute. Aquafina's in it, and she's good. Like it's it's a I love her. It's a cute movie. It's, it has some great comedic elements. I liked it overall. I wouldn't say it's one of my favorite movies, but if you're looking for something fun to watch, it's definitely like a good fun popcorn flick for sure. The other thing I did watch, so I came across a list of like horror movies that like more people should watch, and I was like, okay. And there was one that really spiked my interest. and I was telling Taylor about it too, and I was like, this movie's called Nina Forever and oh yeah i misunderstood the premise because i thought it was more of a horror comedy and taylor taylor's watching and he's like this is not funny like we did not laugh but it's very (laughs) thought-provoking so this movie is basically about this young girl She's 19, and she has a crush on her co-worker, and he's 28, and his girlfriend died in an accident. And that accident happens at the beginning of the movie. You don't see the accident, but you see the aftermath. Well, every time they start to have sex, his uh, dead girlfriend materializes out of, <laughs> yes, out of his bed. Uh, blood everywhere. It's very erotic. Like, there's a lot of nudity. There's sex. But the whole wow. kind of idea of the movie is like you know it's almost like is nina really there or is it just you know the ghost of hers there in that like you know he can't forget about her and then as for the young protagonist is it like she's comparing herself to nina because nina died young mm-hmm. and so there's all these interesting kind of ideas in the movie um and i do like that and the three performances are incredible um but the ending is very kind of ambiguous, and I think I like what I think it means. But it's it's one of those movies, I feel like there's a lot unsaid. And I think the reason that is, it's because it's really up to the viewer to kind of interpret some of the things that are mm-hmm. happening. But yeah, it's not a comedy. It's actually very deep. It's very thought-provoking.
0: Well, literally, the like it says horror comedy on Wikipedia, because I was curious. I was like, is it marketed as it? It totally is. So... It's just like it comes at night when everyone was like, this is what the movie's about. And then when I actually watched it, I was like, oh, that was very different than I thought it was going to be. Yeah,
1: because I thought, like, you know, Nina, like, I was like, okay, I know she materializes whenever they try to have sex, but I thought she was going to be more wisecracking. She is, like, she does have a dark sense of humor, but it is just more, like, there's a few times that we looked at each other and we were like, damn. And, like, the the boyfriend... He still, like, visits, his, visits Nina's parents on a weekly basis and has dinner with them. And there's, like, a really just fucking heart-wrenching monologue that comes from her dad near the end of the film. And I'm just like, dude, like, I'm I'm kind of in my feels about this movie. I'm not laughing. Like, so. Aww. But, because I was kind of, like, pre-screening it to see, like, would this be one to do on the podcast? And I think it would be a very interesting movie to do on the podcast, but I'm just like, yeah, I'm gonna have to give it a little while because I'm a little sad now. So yeah, so
0: yeah, you thought you were in for like a fun romp and then they were like, actually, it was like yeah. the 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 what is the one we did about the kids exploding?
1: Spontaneous. Spontaneous. Spontaneous.
0: Yeah. Because like at first I was just like oh this is funny haha <laughs> but kind of dark and then like the grave scene with the oh, mom yeah. and the girlfriend, and I was like, "Why am I upset now?" Yeah, no, I did not sign up for this. Um, yeah, but I mean, like, that sounds interesting, though. It is. I mean, sounds like it would be a good play.
1: I'll be honest; it's I've never seen a movie like it before. I will have to say it's it's definitely different than what I thought it was going to be. Reading the synopsis, I didn't dislike it. I think it was just a little jarring to me, and that's why I still haven't quite fully collected. In my thoughts on it
0: that makes sense i mean it sounds very jarring mm-hmm. to say the least but yeah there's a movie like that but it's not about called life after beth mm-hmm. and it stars aubrey plaza and uh and molly shannon and um oh shit ricky bobby's best uh john c Riley. i was like ricky bobby <laughs> uh plays the parents and then i can't remember who the boyfriend is but it's someone like you would recognize if you saw him but basically like Beth dies of like she she's hiking and she gets bit by a rattlesnake on her thigh and so it like she dies like because she's hiking by herself and then she comes back to life as a zombie and her boyfriend and her parents are like just pretending that she didn't die basically but then like she starts like wanting to eat brains and so then they have to and stop she stops being herself and starts. Deteriorating to a zombie, oh. and so like they're trying to like so it's like them trying to let her go. So towards the, it's very funny at first, and then the ending is very sad because he's trying to figure out how to let her go. Yeah, because like she can't go on like this, and it's it's like it's a it's a metaphor for grief. Yeah, but then it's also but part of it's very funny. But like that's a movie where like I started watching, I was like, "This is gonna be hilarious," and I was like, "Oh, now I'm kind of sad." Oh. Because part of me was like, maybe they'll figure out how to coexist like the end of Shaun of the Dead, you know? Yeah. But, you know, it, it was more about a metaphoric kind of thing. Kind of like, you know, Midsummer is a metaphor for breaking up with an abusive relationship. Or just a bad relationship, yeah. I guess. But um, yeah. That sounds interesting, though. I would, I would, I want to check that one out. That sounds fun. I did introduce Scott to Ghost Adventures this week. Oh. Which, if you've never seen Ghost Adventures, is a fucking hot mess. It's on, the new Max app has all, like, the Ghost Adventure series. It's, there's like 14 seasons or something crazy like that. And all the Food Network shows now. Oh, okay, Which I'm very happy about that because I love watching cooking shows, but Zach Baggins going, come at me, ghost, come get me, is very funny to me. Scott was like, who is this person? I was like, he's a, literally a living meme. I mean, I don't know what else to say about this man. Uh, also, like, every ghost is a demon to him, which is very weird to me. I was like, I don't really think that way. I always think that, like, ghosts are just, like, people. Yeah. And it's more sad. And I'm sure there are... And there are bad ghosts, but there's, they're more sad than demons, but it's very funny to me. The last thing I did watch, which was the... So, by the way, if you're a horror fan, it's past at this point, but over the Memorial Day weekend, there was a test run... Of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre game, which is the same designers as, or some of the same people that did the Friday the 13th game, um, which they lost their uh, license for Friday the 13th. So you can still play it, but they don't update it anymore. So it can be really buggy, apparently. I haven't gotten to play it because I didn't have a good enough computer when it came out, which is why I like playing Dead by Daylight. This is basically they've like recreated the entire house and you can either play a victim or one of the family members and i will say it's coming out in august i'm really excited it's really fun to play i actually did a test stream on my i have a twitch channel it's kiki kens 15 that i've never actually played anything on so i did do a test stream of it just because i was like trying to test things out it was lagging a little bit but it was fun but it inspired me to watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part Two, which I had never watched before. And man, that movie is wacky, campy, and crazy. It is so different than the first one. Like, and, and and um, what's his face? Um, from Blue Velvet, Dennis Hopper is like the guy trying to hunt down the Sawyer family, and it's fucking hilarious. Like, it is like some of it's really gross. And Tom Savini did the special effects for it. And it is really bloody and gory. But then some of it's just, like, straight-up comedy. And I I still don't know how I feel about that movie. It's very weird. Very, very weird. It's strange. It's, like, completely fucking off the rails. But, like, it's very entertaining. So I definitely think it's something we should do on the podcast. Like, with the first one. Because, like, I did not expect... I don't know what I expected, but it wasn't that. Also, apparently the third one has Renee Zellweger and... Matthew McConaughey in it when they're very young, and it's apparently just even crazier. So I I feel like I want to watch that one too. Yeah. But that one's not streaming anywhere for free. This one I think was streaming on Max right now. So and the original one is on Tubi, I believe. So prep for that. I don't know. Maybe we might stream it playing us all playing together. If they let sometimes they should let us play together like they do that on dead by daylight where you can like play through discord which we're working we got our discord up guys but we're working on uh maximizing the potential right now before we like share it with everybody um we've got some people testing it out right now to see what works what doesn't it's fun though like it's fun and that movie's funny so i didn't expect it to be funny i don't know what i expected but not what it is and there's a weird sexual aspect to leatherface in that movie which really disturbed me to no end. <laughs> it was very weird. This woman, the, like, the, the, the secondary main character to get out of him murdering her is like, oh, yeah, like, your chainsaw is sexy. And it was just like, what? What is happening? And it works. And then I was just like, wait, what? <laughs> uh, it was, I don't, I didn't like it. I didn't like that part. I didn't like, but Chop Top. Uh, Bill Choptop Mosley mm-hmm. was the hitchhiker in this one I don't think he was a hitchhiker in the first one I'm pretty sure but I think he was a hitchhiker in the second and third one yeah and then he just started doing a bunch of fucking Rob Zombie movies because he is definitely the standout person he is a lot but the thing is like he has a metal plate in his head and like obviously has brain damage so I can't really judge him for that but it's a lot yeah. he just never stops and it's just like everyone else is like like leatherface is just trying to kill people i don't know they give the family more personality and it's more about the family than it is about the people the survivors which is a weird dynamic but i mean it's it's definitely interesting i was laughing and like what the fuck is going on so i definitely find that one almost more interesting than the first one okay also, okay. you know, but I'm excited to play the game, too, because the game kind of marries the first movie and the second movie a little bit. Like, the Hitchhiker is more acting like the second movie, but, like, looks more like the first movie. But they did a really good job, so I'm excited about that. I hope they don't lose the license for this one. Yeah. Yeah. But that's all I watched, really, I think, unless I'm forgetting something. Um I wrote down some stuff for camp con but like we can talk about that next time because there's just there was a bunch of stuff that came out but we've talked enough about movies we actually watched yeah so i started writing it down before i got to watch all these movies i was like we might not have time to talk about that so another
1: time Uh, i will say one more thing and it'll be very very quick so i've still oh you're good i still am watching how i met your father which is? Oh, still, I am. Yeah, it. it I think it's like in the thirty percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and like it makes me nervous.
0: <laughs> wah, wah. It makes
1: me nervous because I'm just like I just want to know who the dad is. Like, just just give it to me. Let me know because it seems like there's like. Because the big thing, and I may have told you this way back when, but in the pilot episode, the first episode, the big thing is, is like it's she's like, that's the night I met your father. And so you know at the very beginning there's three possible men it could be, and it's heavily, heavily leaning towards one of them, but I'm just like, just let us
0: know. Just let us know. Well, <laughs> I think originally Robin was supposed to be the mother. No, uh, so this. Is, oh, this, not. Yeah, oh no, it was Cupcake Girl. Yeah, it was Victoria. Yeah, because that's the whole pilot episode of
1: Rob of How I Met Your Mother was like he's like, and that's how I met your aunt Robin, and they're like Aunt Robin. So yeah. you know he never gets with Robin. I wish
0: it had... I like the mother in How I Met Your Mother, but I wish it had been Victoria. Because yeah. I don't understand why they built her up so much if she was just a red herring. Yeah,
1: and that's... Well, it was supposed to end after three or four seasons. And so... And then, of course, even by the ninth season, like, they were just like, please just shoot it. Like, it's over. It's done. But yeah, so that's what... With How I Met Your Father. I'm like, you know, you guys are at like a 30%. So unless the writing gets exponentially better... You need to just let us know who the dad is, because that's what I'm watching for. (laughs) Like, I just want to know who the dad is. Yeah.
0: So That's what, like, I made myself watch the last season of How I Met Your Mother, just so I could see who the mother was when everyone else did. Like, I did actually watch the finale, but, like, that was, I I watched it, I hadn't watched a lot of it up until then. You know, I did really like that show, and then it just got kind of like, okay. Why are we watching Barney and Robin get married? What? Okay. It's
1: very, very interesting because we have this thing about finales. And so when we talk about Game of Thrones finale, it's like, you know, it's interesting how like people so, so many people hated the finale of Game of Thrones. They just didn't talk about it all together. Like it just completely just got erased from the lexicon of pop culture. But with How I Met Your Mother, fans will still passionately just disagree about things in the finale so me and my friend samantha of course you know sam we'll still just talk mm-hmm. about how i met your mother to this day and you know, we'll get to that final season we're just like what the fuck
0: were they thinking like i don't know yeah. like i hate the ending where he goes after spoilers goes after robin at the end i was like you guys were terrible together you're great friends you're terrible as relationships It's the dumbest thing Ever. and also they kill the mom off I was like are you fucking kidding yeah, me I think
1: that's what a lot of fans were really upset about was that you got to really know Tracy during the final season love her and then essentially they just treated her as an incubation for Ted's children because Ted always wanted children and Robin didn't so like wah, wah,
0: wah, yeah. So I never liked Ted and Robin anyways every time they tried to get back together I was like oh my god why and then like they would break up I'm like thank god move on and then they also break Robin and Barney up which who actually made sense yeah I was like I don't what like Barney and Robin were perfect together. And then they're like, well, Barney changed because he had a baby girl. Yeah. And I was like, oh fuck you. He could have changed when he became an uncle to Ted's kids. Yeah. Or like there were so many episodes. Or reasons when he, he burnt he, he burned the playbook to
1: propose to Robin. Like that could have been yeah. the catalyst for change. But I won't go on how I met your mother <sighs> tangent, because that Jeez. could be a whole other episode. I will. So, I'm just kidding. But, but that's but... the thing. But I'm like, yes, I'm watching How I Met Your Father still. And I mean, like, I really so don't sorry. hate it. I don't hate it. It's just lackluster. Like, that's the only thing. It's lackluster. So with that being said, I'm like, guys, if there's any, like, chance of you getting canceled, please just, like, reveal who the father is. Or just do the third season as the final season and reveal who the father is. That's all I want to know. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> First episode of the last season. Yeah. You tell me. You tell me. So, oh, my God. jeez. But yeah, oh god. Well, anyways. Well happy Prad, y'all! Happy Prad, y'all. God, I wish I need to find that audio because it's so fucking funny. It's a total spoof. Um, and then make sure y'all watch uh Knife Plus Heart on Tubi or Amazon Prime for next week's episode. And yeah, tell us if there's any other Movies we should watch for Pride Month, or not just during Pride Month, because I realized I, it, it was hard. I was trying to go to, um, like, queer creators to, like, tell me, like, oh, what's a good queer horror movie we haven't covered? And the one that mentioned Knife Plus Heart was Real, Real, R-E-E-L, Queer. Ah. I was like, that's great. That's a great YouTube channel title. But like, we'd already done most of the ones on the list because Jennifer's Body's always on there. Stranger by the Lake. Uh, I'm trying to think. There was like two other ones that we've done. And I was just like, we've already done them. None of them had Diabolique. Yeah. Though. I was like, oh, it wasn't. I will say none of the ones I found were like the queer coded movies, which are like the ones during the Hays Code. Yeah like diabolique where it's very it's like nowadays it's pretty obvious but like back then they were like wink 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 gay people wink wink we exist i'm saying them i'm you know like i said i'm sadly functionally straight
1: yeah Uh, (laughs) well it's like i've like reached out to friends in the lgbt plus community i'm just like do you have any horror movies like horror suspense and one of my friends god bless her she goes I was about to recommend Portrait of a Lady on Fire, but then I remembered you recommending that movie to me. I was like, yes, it's a beautiful movie. It's not really a horror suspense one, but we love it. So that's why I was talking with Katie and Ryan uh, earlier today. I was like, you know what? I'm probably not going to find another good horror suspense one, so I'm going to do a great international one. And that's what... I talked with you guys about posting on Discord. And just we, if you guys want to join our Discord, let me know because, or let Katie know because it's, it's new and it's up and coming. But I may post it Discord or Instagram and just see if anyone wants to take a vote on it. Um, but I do have yeah. two movies, so I'm going back and forth. They're not really horror movies, Ooh. but they are highly acclaimed international films.
0: I'm tight with whatever. Yeah.
1: And they fall under the LGBT plus umbrella.
0: Yeah. And probably not broad comedies, but something kind of weird or creepy or something that just needs to be told. Yeah. You know, we can bend the rules a little bit. That's why we named it Grindhouse Girls and not like horror movie. Because like, you know what? Sometimes we just want to cover something weird and not necessarily horror.
1: And sometimes. Because
0: portrait, was- <laughs> portrait was not... A horror, but there was like a ghost element to it.
1: Yeah, it's definitely like beautiful. It's like such a beautiful, beautiful movie. And so that's where Ugh. I'm like, you know what? Like, it's fine. I can we it doesn't have to be hard because as Katie knows, I have a new friend and she's like, you know, I, I just don't watch scary movies. And I'm like, you know what? That's okay. I get it. I don't watch a lot of romantic comedy, so it's- it it is what it is. Some people just have genres they yeah. don't like or don't like as much. But on yeah. a good note, we are seeing across the Spider-Verse on Thursday. So Ooh, fine. Yeah, I'm taking I always keep I keep joking to my friends. I'm like, "Am I I'm in my Aunt May era?" But you know, I <laughs> like the Marissa Tomei, uh, Aunt May cuz I'm a young aunt.
0: Yeah, I was about to say, you're not quite the (laughs) Tobey Maguire Aunt
1: May. But um, my my younger nephew is a Spidey boy, so it's like, we bond with him over Spider-Man, and when the Spider-Man movie comes out, we always take him. But I'm like, even if he didn't want to go, we'd be going to this one, but he wants to go, so... We'll be, we'll be the tight family unit going.
0: Yeah, celebrate summer with Spider-Man.
1: Yes, oh my god, you know it's going to be good. You know it's going to be good. If it's, if it's half as good
0: as Into the Spider-Verse, it's going to be great. I'm excited. Well, yes. with that, I think we do need to go. Yes. It's late. Um, Watch Knife plus Heart, or Knife and Heart, Um, but it is about pornography. So I'm giving a warning, like we did for Stranger by the Lake. I don't know how, I honestly don't know how erotic this one gets. So it will be interesting to see if this is as erotic or if this is kind of like dancing around the eroticism. I'm curious, but it looks cool. Um, So watch that, and then we will see you next time. Uh, Be kind, take care of yourself, be careful, happy pride, support the LGBTQ plus community as much as you possibly can. If you're in the state of Alabama, Magic City Acceptance Center is a really great charity to... That's not a charity, but it's like a community center to support, as well as Birmingham AIDS Outreach, which also helps. They kind of, they're owned by them or they run them or something, but that's a really good way to get involved, I think. They have a real lot of really cool stuff, and they always have announcements when there's stuff going on, so that's a local one you can follow. Also, the Trevor Project is always a yeah. good one, and the Drag Defense Fund by the ACLU is now like another good thing that you can support. If you have money or time or what have you. And if there's anything I'm missing, please let me know and we'll try to... uh, mention it on the podcast
1: yeah yeah yeah. exactly we have instagram we have facebook we have snapchat no we don't have snapchat that's what we don't have i'm sorry guys we have instagram yeah. we have facebook we have tiktok and now we have discord so please feel free to reach yes. out to us on any of those ventures Spade and new your pets i always say that riley riley's looking at me like don't forget mama i didn't baby i promise happy pride or else you took my balls for nothing yeah exactly like mother what would you so no, you're a good boy. I love you. Uh, happy pride. Take care of yourselves and each other. We just look forward to yes. seeing you next time. Uh, same Scoopy time, same Scoop channel. Stay yes, stay
0: Scoopy all. Speak all. Bye. 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 Bye, everybody. Good night. Good day. Bye-bye. Grindhouse Girls Podcast is a production by Katie Dale and Britt Ray. Our editor is N.R. Moody. All music used is royalty free and can be found in our annotations. You can follow us on all of our socials. And if you have any comments, questions, or just want to say hey, our email is at grindhousegirlspod.com. Thanks for listening.